Welcome to Nicosia Uncut. In this episode, we discuss developments in Turkish Cypriot politics, Turkey's intervention in the Turkish Cypriot affairs, and guess what? The Turkish Cypriots are once again taking to the streets against this. Al Jazeera revelations about corruption in the Greek Cypriot community continue to incite protests in the South. It will be an interesting week ahead. November 2020, interesting month. Andromahi, welcome. Uh, hello, Kemal. Interesting month, interesting developments. Things are happening. <laughs> you want to start with the uh, American elections? Uh, we are now all locked in front of our television sets and uh, internet and trying to follow developments. And uh, Biden won, and uh, an era is, seems like is over. Mr. Biden um, was in Cyprus in 2014, and he was trying to bridge a deal involving Mar- Varosha at that time, but it didn't work. Yes, uh, he was. In the, that is true. And also, uh, there have been many rumors in the Greek Cypriot press, especially in newspapers like Politis, um, that have previously cited information that Mr. Biden explicitly discussed with Mr. Anastasiadis the participation of ExxonMobil in, in the drilling program in, in the Cyprus Exclusive Economic Zone. The way this has been portrayed in the Greek Cypriot press uh, is as though there was some sort of an understanding that there would be a push towards a Cyprus problem solution in exchange for a greater interest by American companies in the Cyprus drilling program. So, yes, I think uh, there might be something to look out for in that front. At the same time, it was well known that during the Trump's presidency, um, there was a sense of detachment from what is happening in the Eastern Mediterranean. There was a sense of, of the U.S. not wanting to be particularly involved. We are uh, waiting to see whether this will now change with the change in the... American leadership. I think it's also worth mentioning it has nothing to do with Cyprus, but we also have the first female vice president in the history of the U.S. And I suppose as a symbolic uh, development, it is important to underline it. Of course, we are still waiting to see uh, what the policies to be followed uh, by this presidency will be. I also find it interesting that globally, I think everybody was talking about a possible American involvement in international affairs. Everybody's trying to see from their own perspective. And uh, while even the ones who are not happy with American involvement in international relations, I think everybody understands what it means when uh, there is some sort of a vacuum when America is not involved in um, global affairs. So um, I'm sure there are also talks about how this will involve Cyprus' problem, but I think it is at this stage too early to talk about some sort of an American uh, involvement in the Cyprus affairs, especially now that we have a new Turkish Cypriot leader and uh, the UN is involved. We will see how things will be evolving. Of course, and at the same time, it is worth remembering that America has a lot of issues domestically to deal with. And I think that that will definitely be the primary focus of uh, the new government. At the same time, uh, I think it is interesting to look at the expectations that have been built about a stronger American front against 
Turkey because of uh, of the presence of Biden now. Expectations that I think are a bit premature, but it is interesting to see how any development is always, you know, interpreted through uh, the lens of uh, one's geopolitical interests or one's geopolitical desires, let's say. So I think we should all wait and see. But uh, speaking of uh, the new Turkish uh, Cypriot leader, there are so many things happening in the north that we need to try to put everything down and explain. So I, I think let's start with you, if you can explain some things. First of all, a new Turkish Cypriot leader, we've got Sintadar, the leader of the UBP, the National Unity Party uh, in the Turkish Cypriot community. So now there are developments regarding his successor within the party. What is happening in that front, Keman? Basically, after he is elected, now the party needs to choose a new leader. And this coincided with the fact that uh, because Mr. Tatar was also, you know, we have a parliamentary system, was uh, left the position and um, he now needs to appoint somebody who will be taking his, his, leading his cabinet. And that would be, of course, also the leader of the UBP. So by electing the leader of the UBP, we would automatically elect the leader of the, the cabinet. And uh, this was uh, much expected. Everybody was talking about who will be elected. There were, uh, there were many candidates and eventually two candidates managed to go to the second round. And the, uh, the second round was about to take place. And suddenly, um, one day we found out that both candidates decided to pull out. So imagine a situation, you're about to win the leadership of a political party, the oldest and the most organized uh, historically uh, political party of the right-wing uh, Turkish Cypriot. This is the party that was created by Rauf Denktaş, right? It is indeed. Mm-hmm. It, that was uh, the party which was actually, it roots goes back to 1950s, 40s and 50s even. So what happened, uh, it became clear that AK Party uh, government in Turkey, after heavily involving in the Turkish Cypriot leadership elections, decided that uh, it is not enough and that they wanted even to involve themselves with the election of the right-wing biggest political party, uh, the leadership election, of course, of that party. And uh, this created a great sense of resentment, not only among the left pro-solution forces, but also among forces who have traditionally been close to Turkey, who have always been supporting Turkey, even accepting Turkey's involvement, and uh, created a sense of uh, people asking themselves, now what? I mean, it all came down to choosing a political party leader as well. And uh, this is why uh, everybody is so upset, not only in the left and pro-solution circles, but among the right-wing circles as well. 
in fact, uh, I mean, if, if what you're saying is true, which we believe it is true, this means that the scenario that uh, the leader of the, of the Turkish Cypriot coalition and the Turkish Cypriot leader of the community will, in fact, be chosen, let's say, uh, by the Erdogan uh, presidency, right? It is indeed the case. We already knew that before Akuncu, it was a right-wing coalition anyway. It was a coalition of Tatar and Özersay. And then because of uh, Erdogan's involvement in favor of Tatar, and remember Özersay was also a candidate, he had decided to pull out from the coalition. Now, uh, after, the, after getting rid of uh, Mr. Akuncu, the leadership position is also in the hands of the right-wing. And uh, as if it is not enough, They've decided that the leading candidate for the UBP leader, Mr. Dr. Faiz Sujoğlu, was not good enough for them. I don't know what they want, but there were all kind of rumors that um, the other candidate was more involved with the AK Party. There were rumors about the fact that the leading candidate, Dr. Sujoğlu, who had always been traditionally a, a, a respected UBP uh, deputy, he, there, was room, there were rumors that he was visiting Turkey and then he visited some opposition political parties as well. So it all goes down to rumors and, and it created a, a big resentment, imagine. And now what is going to happen? While both candidates pulled out from the race, Mr. Tatar will give the job to the party secretary general, a third person, Mr. Ersan Saner. And he will uh, try to form the coalition, uh, probably with Özerzai's party. I don't know how things will be evolving. But uh, there is now a strong reaction to that. And this is why uh, a group of people organized themselves on social media. And they decided to march against this, this particular intervention of Turkey into Turkish Cypriot affairs. And suddenly it became... A big issue. I think it's going to be a, a, a big march. It is going to take place on Tuesday in northern Nicosia. And we are expecting people from all walks of life to join and then uh, participate in that march. Well, the Turkish Cypriots have a long history of, uh, of protesting against the interference of Turkey in their own affairs. So I expect this to be yet uh, one such instance. And But before we speak a bit more about the demonstration on Tuesday, I would just like to comment a bit on, on, on what you said about Kudredor Zesai's party. Uh, I have seen in disbelief, I must say, Kudredor Zesai uh, reacting against Turkey's involvement in, uh, uh, in Turkish Cypriot affairs lately. In fact, there was um, an interview by him even in The Guardian lately, in which he explicitly castigated the way that things are proceeding with Varosha. So what would you like to say on this? Things must be pretty bad if Ozerzai himself is actually reacting so strongly against the involvement of Turkey in the north, isn't it? Remember, Ozerzai uh, was not the first right-wing leader. Even Mr. Serdar Tenktash during the race reacted to that. He actually uh, said very clearly that Turkey should not be involving in the Turkish Cypriot uh, leadership race. So, yes, I think there is, this is the general tendency of Erdogan's uh, uh, government, that, that he doesn't necessarily care a lot about the details 
and uh, once found the chance, uh, you know, try to do uh, as much as possible. And we have now, you are talking about, you mentioned about Varosha, and on 15th of November, on the anniversary of Unilateral Declaration of uh, Independence of Repub Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, an entity which is not recognized internationally except by Turkey, they are coming, I said they, uh, to Varosha, I said they because he is also bringing his uh, supporter, leader of MHP, the uh, right-wing, ultra-right-wing uh, Turkish political party. And uh, he yesterday made a statement that he is going to have a picnic together with Mr. Bahçeli in Varosha. And I think the fact that the march is going to take place on Tuesday is also kind of a reaction to that too. I'm honestly incredulous at uh, at the audacity of uh, of Erdogan, to be honest, when it comes to the way he's uh, reacting regarding Varosha. But um, I, I visited the north, as you know. I we met. I went to Varosha, and uh, as I told you, it was the first time that I got a clear sense of defeat by the Turkish Cypriot community. It was a startling sort of uh, realization to make about the impact uh, that this um, immense Turkish interference is having on the psyche of the Turkish Cypriots. But I'm very happy to hear and to discuss with you about uh, the ways that the Turkish Cypriots are now uh, trying to get back on their feet and resist uh, this interference and resist this uh, huge pressure. Uh, having said that, I would say that if only their, their uh, attempts and if only their struggle would be in any way um, understood by the Greek Cypriot community, uh, had this been the case, I would hope for a better future in Cyprus, but I don't see uh, the pains of the Turkish Cypriots being uh, reflected in the Greek Cypriot community or being reflected in the Greek Cypriot press. Uh, even, I must say. And uh, one would expect that uh, a Republic of Cyprus that claims to be representing both Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots will have had ways of addressing some issues, even indirectly. But I don't see this um, uh, intention, to be honest. But tell us what is being planned about Tuesday, who is organizing this march, and uh, what do you expect regarding attendance, and if uh, you believe that there will be any attempt to keep it down. So basically, these are the Turkish Cypriots who are generally quite active in social media. They organized a platform and they named themselves as Democracy and Willpower Platform. Irade uh, in Turkish means the ability to decide for yourself. So there are some familiar activists behind this platform which are known in the Turkish Cypriot community but there is also this gentleman who's very well known and respected a social media uh, personality who's been doing videos and movies and advertisements which are enjoyed by the majority of the Turkish Cypriots and also abroad in the Turkish uh, speaking uh, domain and basically these are the people who are inviting political parties and citizens to reject the outright intervention of Turkey into the Turkish Cypriot politics. So there are people who would be 
traditionally organizing such events, but there will be also people who probably are not traditional protesters. So I am also expecting people from all uh, political backgrounds to participate in, in this march and I will be probably able to give you a better picture after Tuesday. I'm hoping to um, get an interview and talk to one of the organizers. Good, it would be nice if we could speak to one of them. So I'm sure you are uh, working your way around that. Seems like we are having marches uh, on both parts of the divide, Andromahi, and uh, I know that uh, after the Al Jazeera revelations, there are protests also in the Greek Cypriot community. And uh, what's the latest with those? Yes, it is interesting to see that something is finally get the, getting the Greek Cypriots moving, and this is corruption. I think it is clear that Greek Cypriots are fed up with corruption. They are fed up with uh, everything that is going on uh, regarding the citizenship by investment program, and this was exacerbated following the Al Jazeera revelations, as you said. Since then, there have been a number of protests calling for the resignation of the um, Anastasiadis government because look we need to be clear and even though a lot of the media tend to point towards different directions it is clear that the the final say when it comes to naturalizations in the citizenship by investment program was in the hands of the council of ministers and it was in the hands of the Anastasiadis presidency. At the same time, we know that a number of ministers in the Anastasiadis government are themselves part of the scheme, while the Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General that, that have basically assigned a committee to look into the issue were members of the Anastasiadis cabinet and they were approving uh, some of these naturalizations. So it is clear. So a lot of. Uh... <laughs> conflict of interest yes. and Yes, and sadly, uh, nobody is discussing this aside from uh, from very few journalists. I was just reading a very nice article by Marina Economido in Kathimerini, but in general, nobody is discussing this, and it is shocking to see it if you think about it, because we are really talking about conflict of interest. So yes, we have these protests. They are calling for the resignation of the Anastasiadis government. They are basically a reaction against all the corruption and it is a way for Greek Cypriots to react and to basically get out some of the fume that that has been piling up for so long. Having said that, the government of Anastasiadis has had an interesting reaction in the whole thing. You had the president Anastasiadis coming out three weeks ago in an interview following the Al Jazeera revelations openly and audaciously, I, I dare to say, claiming that he's pure, undefiled and absolutely non-corrupt, refusing to acknowledge any sense of responsibility regarding this shameful exposure of the Republic of Cyprus following the revelations. And then three weeks later, he comes out with proclamations about fighting corruption. There was a meeting last week in the presidential palace with other members of the executive trying to see how to deal with the corruption. And uh, there is an open meeting in which he invited a number of NGOs on Monday, uh, 9th of uh, November, in order to discuss their ideas on corruption. In fact, many NGOs and many NGOs that have been fighting uh, uh, corruption issues for the for many years uh, have refused to join because they've seen this invitation as a farce. So 
It is really startling to see a political leadership that fails to uh, empathize with the public sentiment and that fails to understand that things have reached the crucial point in which the, the patience of the public is, uh, is basically at, at bare minimum at the moment when it comes to the actions of those who govern the people. Isn't it amazing that you are marching against corruption and we are marching against Turkey's intervention into Turkey's Cypriot politics? In fact, uh, Cyprus problem is the source of all evils and the reason of all the problems in our respective communities. And somehow we fail to see that. You know, I think in our different uh, hats, we, we often talk about this and we often talk about how uh, this uh, uh, irregular situation in which Cyprus is placed it, it is the root for a number of problems that, uh, uh, with which the Cypriots are faced, but they, know, they do not realize it. Having said that, I need to say that I do not blame Cypriots for not being able to realize it because there is nobody to make that connection for them. This, instead of discussing every single day on how the Cyprus problem is, as you said, the root of so many things that we are faced with every single day, uh, we, are, we are discussing of these issues independently and we are discussing them without being able to see them from the uh, greater picture. I, I, there was this slogan in, in one of the demonstrations in the Republic of Cyprus uh, against corruption that said that partition and corruption go hand in hand. And I, I, I thought that it was such a poignant slogan because really so many things are perpetuated due to the Cyprus problem. And I think it is high time that Cypriots, Cypriots realize that all of these things that they are protesting against are in fact rooted in the Cyprus problem itself. And maybe a more comprehensive reaction should be sought. The winter is coming <laughs> and uh, we will, I guess, be finding ourselves marching on the streets under rain again. Maybe it's just a little price that we need to pay for uh, a prosperous and peaceful uh, future. No, I think the duty of a citizen uh, is, is a hard duty and being out in the rain is a minor thing that uh, one has to bear if uh, uh, she has to exercise her uh, duties as a citizen. So, And I think the, uh, the Turkish Cypriots, we've seen them marching under rain in that beautiful uh, protest again against interventions. I was very happy to be part and walking next to you in that protest a few years ago. So I think the Turkish Cypriots have shown the way and will continue to be showing the way when it comes to demonstrating against um, interferences. I think our listeners uh, have already discovered that not only that we are podcasters, but we are also activists <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> So we'll see what uh, uh, the winter of uh, 2020 and uh, New Year will bring us. And this is why we, we ask them to excuse us for not discussing 
uh, hardcore politics today. I know that all of you know that uh, the two leaders uh, met last week and maybe you were expecting a comment from us, but I think this will come in due time. Uh, we wanted this uh, episode, in this episode, to focus on uh, the people of Cyprus, to focus on the way they are feeling, to focus on how they are reacting against everything that is happening. And uh, I'm sure we will have plenty of time to discuss about the endeavors of um, the two leaders, Mr. Anastasiadis and Mr. Tadar. So on this note, we say goodbye. The first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus, Island Talks, open, diverse, free.